Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This is a podcast from Minute Media. What's going on, Rams fans? Welcome back to Rams Showcase tonight. Some more coaching updates, plus a peek at the offseason schedule. And later, the LA Rams 2021 Season Awards. Next on Rams Showcase. Welcome to Rams Showcase on Sports War Radio. What's going on, Rams fans? And welcome back into Rams Showcase right here on Sports War Radio on the fan-sided network. I'm your host, Joe Brandon, but you can and should call me Sheriff Joe Banks. I'm laying down the law for you tonight. Bunch of awesome stuff to get into. We are officially really getting into like some off-season topics. So what I wanted to do because of that was kind of look a little bit back on the 2021 season. A season that us Rams fans will definitely not be forgetting about probably ever. It's one of two Super Bowl seasons that the LA Rams have played. Or, well, the first that the L.A. Rams have played, but the second that the Rams have played. So it's one season that will always kind of hold dear. It's something that will never die. The 2021 Rams being champions is something that just cannot disappear. It is something that will always exist. So we're going to look back on this season just a little bit. We're going to give our awards. And what we're going to go ahead and do, because this has been such an incredible season and a season that is is hard to 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 really put it into words of how incredible it truly was because, I mean, looking back on a lot of the stuff that I've been seeing, and if you guys follow the Rams on social media, and I'm sure most of you guys do, they've been doing theme days. Yesterday, uh, as date of recording, this is being recorded on the 5th, uh, out on the the 6th for the video version, but uh, yesterday was Jalen Ramsey Day, there was an Aaron Donald Day, there was a Cooper Cup Day. They're just, they're doing these, and it's really fun to kind of keep it going as we head into March now, which, I mean, we're in the middle of the NFL Combine, and we got the draft coming up, we got free agency coming up, but still, I love that we're able to hold this uh, hold, hold this, this season so dearly, so tightly, as we look back on it. So, what, what I'm going to do for this one here is, as we start looking ahead into some of the offseason stuff, I want to keep it a little bit on to the previous season that we just saw, uh, just because it is going to be one of those things that we just never forget about. Like, we're, we're I'm going to be telling my grandkids 
that you know, I remember watching Cooper Cup's 2021 season when Stafford came in. Because that's how I'm going to talk when I'm an old man. But like, I remember when Matthew Stafford got traded to the Rams. Because I'm apparently going to just chain smoke cigarettes <laughs> until then. But a bunch of cool stuff to get into, though. I wanted to start with this one. Just because I think this is awesome. By the way, um, just a heads up on the, the live show updates. That is still absolutely in the plans of getting live shows coming for you guys. Well, I'm looking at it in the next couple of weeks. So so we're pushing for it, pushing hard for it. I uh, really want to get that going and get that rolling because live shows on Saturdays seems like something I want to definitely do. I did pick up a Saturday shift at the radio station. So now on, I am there on nights. Uh, so I'm there from six to midnight, uh, on Saturday nights now. So my schedule got a little bit tighter. I, I transferred Ram showcase to Saturday and then quickly picked up that shift. So, and couldn't say no to it. What, what am I going to say? No, no, I don't want to do that. But, uh, so, so we're kind of shifting around a little bit as we, as we continue and as we, it's, it's pretty fluid right now, but we'll keep all of the updates for you guys on the, the Ram show, showcase social media pages right now being run by Adrian who is also the drummer on the outro music that you guys hear on Ram Showcase. So that's awesome stuff. Uh, huge supporter of the show. And what I can feel 100% confident saying that uh, just a true friend of mine. So uh, Adrian is who you guys interact with mostly there. <laughs> but um, yeah, we're getting live shows coming for you guys uh, very soon. That is the the absolute plan is that that is going to be something that happens to, within the next couple of weeks. I'm going to get that going for you guys. All right. Want to talk about this one? Super Bowl ratings. Nielsen, which is a, a, a an organization that I now deal with uh, in a regular sense, but that's not not here on Ram Showcase, but in my day jobs, I deal with that stuff a lot. But it's it's something that I do not understand. I don't get it at all. I don't understand how you know they can pick up numbers of of a radio broadcast and and know if I'm playing it in here or not, just off an antenna. I don't know how any of that works, but. Uh, apparently they're super respected and and know what they're talking about. So Nielsen comes out and says that two thirds of the United States watched the Rams Bengals Super Bowl. You know how many people that is? That is dozens, dozens of people watched the Super Bowl, guys. It was, I mean, to to hear that number, that is absolutely insane. And then, of course, I mean, not it doesn't fully make sense to me because, like I said, I don't understand how the Nielsen stuff works. But then I also looked up the viewers. They said about 112.3 million viewers for the Super Bowl. I thought that the U.S. population was like over 300 million. So that would not be two-thirds. That would be closer to one-third. Did they say two-thirds did not watch the Super Bowl? I don't know. I don't understand any of it, actually. But all reports say that there were at least dozens of people watching this Super Bowl. And that's a lot of... A lot of eyeballs, 103.4 million for just the halftime show, which was honestly incredible halftime show. I heard some pretty negative reports of people who were in the stadium said that the sound wasn't incredible, anything like that, which I find a little surprising just because SoFi is also a music venue. They've they've had large shows there as far as uh, musical artists go as well, but uh, the, the audio at home was awesome. I mean, I was a few adult beverages in, but I'll tell you, we had a great time watching that, <laughs> watching a lot of stuff that came out, like as I was like in middle school and stuff, man, it was awesome, it was good stuff, but 103.4 million viewers for that halftime show, unbelievable, but uh, two-thirds is what they're saying of the United States watched that Super Bowl, which is a bunch of eyeballs on that, on that game, which is good because... Uh, LA Rams being in LA, bringing that that to the city of Los Angeles and and being that presence now and having a finally a Super Bowl win 
for the Los Angeles Rams is 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 unbelievable, honestly. So to hear that is pretty cool, and hopefully this means that um you know, and, and I don't want to say I I because I am not a gatekeeper of Rams fandom at all. I know some people are. Some people will be like, "What? You don't know our backup center's niece's middle name?" I don't care about any of that. All right, if you just as long as you like the Rams, I don't care if you just know that we are the Rams. That our quarterback is number nine. You don't even know who he is. That's totally fine. You know, what I, mean? I I I met um. Uh, one girl who said that she liked the Rams because she thought Cooper Cup was hot. And I was like, hell yeah, we're in. Whatever. <laughs> like, I don't care why you're a Rams fan. Just be a Rams fan. And also, don't bail when we're bad, okay? Because these, uh, like me and my friends, we watched this team win six games in three years, all right? So when that kind of stuff happens again, which it will, I mean, you can't just stay amazing forever. It's not possible. The NFL is designed to rise and fall. When we're in that situation again, just don't bail. Just don't bail on us. That's all I'm asking for is once you decide that you're a Rams fan, you're in. All right? You are in. And a lot of people, it worked in the uh, greatest show on turf and then sat through a bunch of rough seasons, and now we're back to being at the pinnacle, the top dogs of the NFL world, which is really fun. But that's all I ask is uh, I don't care why you're a Rams fan. I don't care how deep your fandom goes. I don't care if the only Rams thing you have is like a shirt from – you know 2005 <laughs> and it's like beat up you got it from the goodwill i that's cool i don't gatekeep any of that stuff i've got like i got the hat i got the super bowl championship hat and somebody literally commented and was like you just got the hat like oh that's that's cool i got the shirt i got this i got like are you really doing this for me right now i just want everybody to know anybody who's watching ram showcase you're all welcome here all right all levels of fandom all levels of gear, if you guys only like the blue and gold stuff, if you only like the throwback stuff, if you only like the new, I don't care. You're a Rams fan, I'm here with all of it. So, that's cool stuff though. I, I'm really hoping that the the city of Los Angeles is is more now just accepting of the Rams and more, more of a Rams town, I guess. Uh, because being out there walking up and down Venice Beach and, and wearing Rams stuff, people would be like, yo Rams! Like... Out here in Colorado, if you're wearing Broncos stuff, you're just a person. Like, that's what everybody's doing it. You know what I mean? So, like, the fact that I guess I'm used to it out here where the Broncos have an extremely strong fan base. And it's very rooted into into the state of Colorado and, and where I'm at out here in Colorado Springs, Fountain Area. Uh, it, it's definitely, like, it's deeply rooted. And and to, to get to be in LA and have people call it out like yo Rams fans what's up like you know, that to me was weird so hopefully that is now fixing a lot of people watched this Super Bowl and I know that some people also might be thinking it's like well it wasn't even a top 10 uh, like LA wasn't even in top 10 as far as the viewers go those are based on percentages guys so uh, you know the the fact the fact is that more people were watching in Los Angeles than most other uh, cities but because they go off percentages it's like you have cities in like Cincinnati or around Cincinnati where 98% of TVs were on the Super Bowl where in Los Angeles it was maybe 80% but that's like a massive difference in the number of people you know what I mean so it's um there's a lot of things that go into the ratings and all that information that comes out but the the list that you guys are seeing of the top 10 cities that watch the Super Bowl those are actually based on percentages so it's good stuff moving on 
I want to talk about some coaching updates for you guys because there are some still some moving and shaking happening as far as the staff goes for the Los Angeles Rams as we creep into the offseason more more so as we get into what will be free agency coming up next and then the NFL draft, then training camp, and then we're back to doing it again. And that's why I love doing Rams Showcase year-round. I don't like to take the breaks because then I feel like I have to get back into it. But if I'm sticking with you guys all year long, we get the coaching updates and we get free agency updates. We go through the draft process, all that stuff. Then we're all locked in. And it feels amazing. So the some coaching changes for you guys. The Rams are expected to interview Rashad Samples for running back coach. That is in light of news coming from Thomas Brown as he is getting an extended role in the coaching staff and also moving over to tight end coach. So what it sounds like to me is that Thomas Brown is going to have more of an assistant head coach role and also coach the tight ends. He's leaving the running back group and going over to tight ends. But Rashad Samples, 27 years old, former four-star wide receiver, he did. He actually had his playing career cut short due to concussions, and you know it's obviously something that uh, the the NFL takes very serious, and these players have to take very serious. I mean, you you only get one body, you know what I mean? Like you might as well take care of it, and. Uh, so uh, in this situation here, being 27 years old, he's already stopped playing. He's been coaching for a little bit, and that's uh, just one of those decisions. I'm sure it was a very tough decision for him to to stop the playing, and, and but it's cool to be able to stick around to it. You know what I mean? So so that's really really awesome stuff. But he comes in now is is uh, expected to interview for that that uh, Rams running back coach position that Thomas Brown has done a very good job at. So it's good to have Brown still in the building, still there, and, and he'll be around for that as well, which is good. But uh, Rashad Samples looks like that's going to be potentially the next one there. Also, extension uh, coming our way. Uh, we'll hear about a Sean McVay extension, I'm sure, at some point soon. I, I, I don't think that this is going to be something that's dragged out. He uh, Reports are saying that he was offered $100 million to do the uh, Thursday night football from Amazon and and coming back to coaching. So I think he, it, whether he wanted to, whether it was in his plans to leverage that or not, I think it is something that he can be like, well, I can go leave though. If like, like if you're not going to at least kind of help me out here, I can just go to the booth and make a bunch of money. So I don't know if that was necessarily in his plans, but it is something that uh, that we got to kind of look at a little bit as far as Sean McVay goes and what his extension goes. Uh, I mean, fortunately, though, for the Rams, your coaching staff does not count against any kind of salary cap. But I think that we can agree that at least some head coaches in the NFL are being underpaid. Uh, Sean McVay at eight and a half million. What the difference he's made to this Rams team, um, I, I don't I don't want to get called for being recency bias, anything like that, but. I, I feel good saying that that uh, Sean McVay might be the best head coach this team has ever seen, and I think that he should get compensated for it. I, I mean, I'm in favor of everybody everybody making making some fat checks, though. You know what I mean? I'm in favor of everybody getting paid. And then also one last little coaching update here for you guys. Not a change, but a very cool tidbit of news here. Eric Henderson, Rams defensive line coach, being honored by the NFL for defensive line coach of the year. You would not be able to tell he was excited based on his photos he uploaded to Twitter. <laughs> but he's uh, he definitely, his words were appreciative. And Eric Henderson has done an absolutely incredible job with this Rams defensive line. So uh, I think he's absolutely deserving of this. And I think that this is a guy who's going to be in line to be defensive coordinator, whether that's for the Los Angeles Rams or elsewhere as we creep in uh, to to these next couple of years here. I think he'll stick around now. Of course, everybody's uh, coaching staff is pretty much filled out, but uh, it feels like Eric Henderson 
that he'll be sticking around for at least a little bit, but then he will he's on the right path to be listed as a defensive coordinator in his future. So that's pretty cool stuff. I wanted to mention this uh, before we head into our first break here is uh, some free agency. We have the NFL draft approaching. Uh, Of course, we are in the combine right now. The NFL draft will be at the end of next month. Um, But I also wanted to just throw this out there that uh, the NFL media or some media outlets, I guess I should say, are kind of painting the Rams in this weird little corner of they don't have any picks like, you know, they, they, they've ruined their draft and all this stuff. And that's kind of true. I mean, the, the draft day for fans of the L.A. Rams is is ultimately pretty dull. But uh, <laughs> and especially day one, I mean, the Rams most recent first round pick is Jared Goff. And our next first round pick is probably six years old right now. So it's hard to uh, hard to get pumped on day one. But I, I still like it because I like to see how the, the, the rest of it is going and how the rest of the teams are unfolding. But I want to let you guys know that today the Rams have eight picks and a lot of these contributors that the Rams have right now have been those that like third to third to seventh round area. You know what I mean? You got Jordan Fuller, Joseph Noteboom. Um, I'm trying, I'm going to blank on all of the names right now. Ernest Jones, who's a big contributor and uh, Taylor Rapp, who's been a starter. Uh, There's, there are names and Van Jefferson, uh, Cam Akers, like there are names that are of people who were not first round picks for the Los Angeles Rams who have been massive contributors to this team. And so I just I, I think that the narrative is being painted right now that the Rams have kind of painted themselves into this corner and they don't have any picks. So they're going to crumble and all this. Uh, but I, I think that this Rams draft class uh, for the last couple years has been pretty strong. Actually, last year right now looks like it's pretty weak. But we always say that after year one that like, oh, maybe this class was the weak one. You know what I mean? But that also is Tutu Atwell being hurt most of the year and not really contributing when he was. Ben Skoranek had a lot of drops there late, uh, especially in the playoffs and stuff like that. Uh, and then you really only had, like, Bobby Brown was inactive most games. Ernest Jones was really the only rookie to really participate in this year uh, as far as the, the Rams class goes, except for Skoranek uh, and Atwell. But, uh, of course, like like I said, the production just wasn't really there for those guys. So we'll see as the, as the future goes on. Uh, but we also we say that about every draft class. But I also want to be, like, full disclosure here, guys. Um, I'm the one that writes up the shows here, and I don't get excited for pre-draft content. And... Uh, whether that's a fault or not, I'm willing to admit that that's one of my weaknesses uh, here on Ram Showcase is my draft coverage leading up to the draft. But what I can tell you guys is that I think my in-season coverage kind of makes up for some of that. Uh, that's just personal opinions here. To, feel free to tell me if I'm, you think I'm wrong. That's fine. <laughs> uh, but then also I like to do post-draft stuff and, and talk about the guys that we actually do get and what kind of impact that they could potentially have in their first four years as members of the Los Angeles Rams. And so that's kind of been my, my theme here. But I want to let you guys know, there are absolutely other Rams YouTubers that do pre-draft content better than I do. And it's just the way it is. I don't get excited about it. I have a hard time going through and doing player profiles for 150 dudes when the Rams are going to get eight of them. I just don't, don't get excited about it, you know? So there is going to be, um, there there is a chance that I try to bring in somebody else as far as uh, like a supplement to that. But this is not a place where you're going to get your mock drafts. This is not a place where you're going to get... Uh, a bunch of player profiles, uh, player interviews with like guys who are probably not going to be Rams. Uh, that shelf life is just too short for me. Uh, stuff like that. You're probably that's 
That's not what you're going to get here. But what I can tell you guys is that after the draft, you will know everything about the players that the Rams do get and exactly how I think that they are going to help this team right now and into the future. That's what I can promise you guys. So uh, that's just my little disclaimer. I know my draft coverage lacks. Um, I'm totally okay with it, honestly, because it's it's just one of those one of those things. It's my my if I had to pick a least favorite era of the NFL season it is draft time uh, it's uh, whether that's the Rams not ever picking in the first round or the fact that these guys get mad hyped and then what is it like 40 of them actually have a decent career like I, I struggle with it all right I struggle with it but before we get to the NFL draft content that that because we, we will have stuff as we lead in with different news visits that the Rams are having stuff like that we will have conversations I'm not just going to blow it off pretend like it's not happening but that's just kind of where my head's at with uh, draft content uh, but before we get into that, will be free agency, and that is, to in my opinion, a lot more important as the as a Rams fan. the The Rams and the way that they build their roster, the free agency section is a lot more important and a lot more valuable to how this team is building their roster year in and year out right now than the NFL draft. So I think that that also plays into it. But it does sound like OBJ. And the Los Angeles Rams do have mutual interest, so we'll keep you guys up to date. As soon as I hear something on that, uh, if there is news on that, then we'll absolutely keep you guys posted. Uh, there's a lot of names that we're still waiting on. We're still waiting on word from Whitworth to see what happens there. If if Whitworth does retire, do we make a big trade? Do we go for a, like a Tunsil or something like that and make a make a move, or do we trust Noteboom? Uh, also, we got to look at uh, the cornerback position. I'm not sure if the Rams would be willing to start David Long Jr. or um, or like Dante Dion, uh, if Darius Williams does leave, which I anticipate, honestly. So uh, we'll kind of see how everything unfolds, but let, let's get through free agency before we waste a bunch of your guys' lives on the NFL draft stuff, because I can give you guys a mock draft right now if I wanted to, but uh, we haven't even hit free agency yet. We don't know who's coming back, who's not, so how about we pump them breaks and we get uh, some really strong content on the back end instead of some soft content on the front end. Um that's my disclaimer. We're going to hop into a real quick break here. On the other side, we'll talk about some uh, the offseason schedule and what it means for the Los Angeles Rams. Then we'll get into the rest of the West. Don't move. This is Ram Showcase. Welcome back. I am Sheriff Joe Bags, laying down the law. Let's check, take a quick look here at the offseason schedule and what it means for the Los Angeles Rams and what some of these dates could mean for the Los Angeles Rams. We'll start with March 8th. That is the deadline for the franchise tag. I don't anticipate this being an important date for the Rams. Uh, and actually, that's coming up, what is that, uh, Tuesday? So I, I don't anticipate the Rams utilizing the, the franchise tag. I just don't see a, a need for it, and I don't know... If anybody on this team is necessarily, I, I don't want to say deserving of that or whatever, it's because players don't really like it. So I, I just don't don't see anybody that the Rams would use this on. So I, I'm, I'm not sure that that's going to be important. March 14th through the 16th, that's the lamp legal tampering period. So we could get some some news from the L.A. Rams on this front here. Um, I hate the legal tampering period because it makes the start of free agency. It kind of steals that fire a little bit. I don't know if you guys remember like the second the free agency started a few years back that it was announced that uh, the Rams traded Nick Foles, uh, traded for Nick Foles, got rid of Sam Bradford. And that was like a like a two o'clock or a one o'clock thing for the L.A. time. Like right away, it just happened. And boom, Nick Foles is our quarterback. And it was like an exciting thing. I remember being at work. I was walking around old Colorado City out here and I, I see the notification. I was like, oh, my gosh, let's go Foles. You know what I mean? Um, So, yeah, it's a. Uh, I hate the legal tampering period because then we just know, we know everything and then it just becomes official on on Tuesday. So that's kind of a bummer. But 
I'm sure we'll get some news out of this one. This, uh, By the way, on the 14th, that's going to be a massive day from Adrian for you guys as far as Ram Showcase goes, uh, if there is news, because I will be working quite a bit that day. I'm on the parade <laughs> out here in Colorado Springs, and then I have my night shift that I, that I have to do at the radio station. So that day, 14th, is a day that I will, I will not be available. So Adrian, I need you, man, um, but you guys will get all that information from him. He does a great job. And then the 16th, uh, that's going to be 1 o'clock Pacific time. That's when the new league year starts. I've already got my images made. Happy New Year. This is the new year that I celebrate. I was in bed. I got woken up by fireworks. This the, like the real New Year, the the, the New Year that the, that the normies celebrate. Uh, I got woken up by fireworks at midnight. So if that tells you a little, about, a little bit about my life. But this is the new year that I celebrate. This is going to be awesome. It's going to be a, a really fun fun thing. And, and hopefully we get like that exciting moment of, of signings or, or trades or something cool going on there. So that is going to be March 16th for the new league year. April 4th, new teams with new head coach can begin offseason workouts. That doesn't affect the LA Rams or anybody in the division. April 18th is when teams with returning head coach can begin offseason workouts. So that is, of course, uh, including your LA Rams. April 20th, the deadline to bring draft eligible players into the facility for physical examinations. This is something that will impact the LA Rams, of course, as we kind of start to get a picture of who the Rams might might take. And uh, the draft content, again, like kind of just referring back to that, is like the Rams have have had their own process and the the big media and the smaller media that's that's even focused on the LA Rams specifically has whiffed big time these last like five years or so on on predicting who the Rams are going to take it's but I don't know if I've seen anybody actually pick the Rams first pick correctly since Jared Goff so I if if you have or you know somebody that has that's awesome um, but uh, I don't recall seeing it. But uh, this will be the a, a big one because we'll start to see some of those visits, and you can kind of com- cross compare that to to where these guys are ranked at, and then kind of get your uh, own ideas. Uh, your opinions ultimately the one that matters is uh, like you can get your ideas of who you think the Rams might might be grabbing and where at with those eight selections that the Rams currently have. April twenty second deadline for RFAs to send the, sign their offer sheets. I'm not entirely sure that the Rams will have any any restricted free agents that will be on that tender but that that is the deadline there april 27th deadline for a restricted free agent's prior club to match that offer so like last year the rams put a, a an rfa tender a first round tender on darius williams and then he actually did he get another offer i don't i don't think he got another offer but basically what happens there is you can put a tender on a on a player the rams did it last year with darius williams a first round so other teams can offer him uh and they're all tier leveled out uh, other teams can offer him and then you have the ability to match that offer and then you 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 keep that player or he can go ahead and sign you can let him sign with them and then you get in return what that tender was so if somebody were to offer a contract last year to darius williams and the rams decided not to match that offer they would have received a first round pick in return so that's kind of how that works but april 27th would be the deadline to match that offer if the rams do indeed end up uh to putting a t- uh, the tender on a restricted free agent which i don't anticipate 
Uh, April 27th also, deadline to interview, test, or time draft-eligible players. This is bumping right up against the draft, so it's going to be a little snug in there for uh, some of these some of these prospects, but they don't have to fly too far out if they are in Los Angeles. The draft is in Vegas this year, so at least it's a, it's a little quick little hop over uh, to get to the strip over there, so that, that'd be good. But this is the, the deadline here. Again, another day that you can kind of look at as a Rams fan and, and see some names and at least get a get an idea of what positions the Rams are targeting, which will be uh, some good stuff. And then April 28th through the 30th, that is the NFL Draft in Las Vegas. So that's going to be fun stuff. I, I am considering going out for this. I, I'm not locked in at all yet, but um, I've considered it uh, just because I think it would be really fun. And I'm not too far from Vegas either. It's actually a pretty quick flight out of Colorado Springs to, to Vegas. So I've considered it, but it definitely wouldn't be there day one. I know that much. Uh, because day one for Rams fans is a little dull. <laughs> Has been for quite a while, actually. <laughs> All right, let's hop into the rest of the West, what those other three dweebs are up to. So the the NFC West right now, there's a lot of things happening in the NFC West, a lot of question marks right now in the NFC West, and it kind of feels good that the Rams are like the one without controversies as far as this division goes, which is really good stuff. So it seems like every other team in this division right now has some situation where it's kind of messy. And we'll start with the Arizona Cardinals here. And I'm calling this like Kyler, the Cardinals, and the catastrophe because it just it's starting to feel messy in Arizona. And we kind of talked to, I think it was mainly pre-production stuff this week, but we were talking to Mike, the AZ sports fan on the NFC West Network. Uh, make sure you guys subscribe there. I'll drop a link to that channel uh, below. Uh, no matter where you guys are listening to me, I'll drop a link to that one. But he, we kind of talked to him about it a little bit, and he's like, he's not happy. You know, he's he's he sees that it's a mess, and he knows, like, he kind of digs in a little bit deeper than I do take Cardinals information, and he's not stoked right now. And then, you know, because you got the the agent of Kyler Murray, he releases this lengthy, fully transparent, just disconnected to reality statement and I mean he's like misspell there was misspellings in it and stuff like that and it's just a very very bad look uh for for Kyler Murray as well as his agent but um I mean the the whole premise of it is he wants to get paid and if you want to get paid just say that just say it like we we think you have a talented quarterback here and I think he deserves a payday just say it man like there's no reason to put out all this information and 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 list out all this like he really wants to win a Super Bowl. Like there's quarterbacks out there that are like if you want to like you would ask him, do you want to win the Super Bowl? And they're like, yeah, I guess. No, no NFL player is saying that. Everybody wants to win the Super Bowl because that's I mean you make money there. If you like, there was who was it? Somebody was quoted of like who are how how many? What's the percentage of the guys in the NFL? who are locked in. This is what they love. They love every second of this stuff. This is what they live for. They love football. They want everything. Like, that's that's just who they are. They, it's football. The answer was like 2%. And it was like a big-name player that said that. And like, a lot of these guys are here because they're athletic. Um, it's a good payday. Uh, Ali Marpet, I think, would be an example of that. It's like, I mean, he's just living his life out here. He did it. He stacks some cash, <laughs> stacking dollars and then leaving. I respect that myself. But, um... Yeah, it's, there's, there's not, it's not everybody, and, and Kyler Murray doesn't seem like that guy, and it feels like this, this statement is, it, it, like, it kind of defends that a little bit, of that, like, oh, no, he's just here, he could go play baseball if he wanted to, some people said he was better at baseball, some say that he liked baseball better more, but they, 
the the fact is that now that he's just asking to get paid and does he deserve it? And I don't think so. I necessarily I wouldn't necessarily pay him myself. And then you have the Arizona Cardinals that come out and then they extend their head coach and their GM. So Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Kime both get extended. Both have not done amazing jobs. And as a Rams fan, looking uh, from like the from the Los Angeles perspective into Arizona, this is awesome. And uh, I think it was a little, just a mild middle finger to Kyler Murray and 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 his statement that he had because we also haven't heard any news or any statement from the team where they haven't said like, well, we haven't we we're, we're talking with Kyler, we want him back, and it, like we haven't heard anything. They basically like read that letter and were like, cool man, <laughs> and then extended other people. So yeah, look at that. I think it's uh, some interesting stuff. But uh, the, in that note, rapidly improving. When I, I haven't seen him rapidly improving, if anything, I think he's one of the softer players in the NFL. Uh, he falls down if Aaron Donald's within five yards of him. So, I mean, whatever. But we'll see how that one unfolds. I am starting to get the feeling, though, that uh, that maybe maybe Kyler has played his last game as a Cardinal. Maybe he gets traded. Uh, sounds like maybe Washington. Uh, they're making phone calls, so that's that's possible. Commanders. I'm trying to get used to it. Commanders. The Commanders, Commanders. I don't. I'm trying to. I'm trying. It doesn't feel like an NFL team name to me. The Washington Commanders does not feel like an NFL team name to me. I don't know what it is. I wanted Red Hogs. That was my vote. It's not worth anything to you guys, but still. Seattle Seahawks. Let's move on to them. Uh, it kind of does feel like Russ is going to stay in Seattle, but does it though? Like I'm. I'm kind of confused at what the heck the Seattle Seahawks are doing with Russell Wilson. He removed all of his stuff off of the. Off of like his social media, it doesn't say "Go Hawks" anywhere. You know, he's wearing like I think college stuff now in his profile picture. So he's kind of scrubbing stuff. He kind of Kylered it a little bit, and I don't know what this actually means. And I also don't know what the heck the Seahawks are trying to do right now. Are they letting other teams run their course? Because that's kind of what it feels like from my end here. Is it kind of feels like they know that they are not going to be able to compete against the San Francisco 49ers, Arizona Cardinals, and your Super Bowl champion, Los Angeles Rams. Kind of feels like they know they're the odd man out in that and that they are the worst team in the division right now. Their roster is the weakest. Their coaching staff is the weakest. It kind of just feels like they know that, and they're like, okay, let's let them do their things. Let's let you know. Let's let the Rams contract stuff kind of play out for a couple years. Let's let the 49ers figure out their quarterback situation because we don't know what the heck they're doing. And uh, the Arizona Cardinals, they're a young team still. They've got all these stars still. So let's wait for those guys, the Hopkins and and J.J. Watts and stuff like that. Let's let these guys kind of play out their careers, maybe retire, and then make a move. Kind of feels like a long play from the Seattle Seahawks right now. Is what I had. If, if I had to guess, I would say they're pulling a long play. And they're not trying to compete this year because they're bringing everybody back. They got last place in the NFC West. Everybody back. You bring back the GM, bring back the coach, bring back coaching staff, bring back, bring back everybody, and you were last place. So it kind of just feels like they're like just they're going to just kind of coast it out a little bit and then go from there, which is exactly why I think they should trade Russell Wilson out of respect for him if that is something, if that is their plan. I think that they should respect that and uh, move move them on out because there are teams that that are. They, they will get dramatically better and will actually be a team worth watching if they just had a quarterback. And uh, two names that just that come off the top of my head is Washington and 
you guys might argue that or not, but they do have some stars there. They have a very strong roster, but quarterback's been their weakness. I mean, they were rocking with like a Heineke and stuff like that, you know, like in Fitzmagic. When that's your situation, I mean, you don't think that Russell Wilson would go in and dramatically improve that? They won seven games last year, which is exactly what Russ won with Seattle, but Washington's missing a quarterback. They do have a pretty good team. They've got some weapons out there. And then the other team is the Denver Broncos. I think that they have a very strong roster. Their their defense looks really good. They're taking all the Rams linebackers. They got Micah Kaiser and Kenny Young. Um, but Patrick Sertain at corner now. They, they, I like their safeties. Justin Simmons is awesome. Uh, they got really strong wide receivers. Sutton and Judy. Noah Fant is really good. They've got good running backs. Williams is incredible. They still got Gordon. I don't know if he's going to return. But they've got a team out there. And quarterback was their spot. That was their weak spot. So if a Russell Wilson could go there, a Kyler Murray, a Russell Wilson, I, more so a Russell Wilson, I, he's a lot more talented than Kyler is. But uh, these teams are are very close and, and would be worth keeping your eyes open on if if they got a quarterback. If if one of these guys went to the, that situation, especially Russell Wilson, I think that he would immediately make the, the Denver Broncos, they, they are back into that conversation with the Chargers and, and the Chiefs in that division. Uh, but AFC is pretty loaded right now. NFC is kind of where it's at. So if you were trying to make a move, I think Washington, if you're a player trying to make a move, going to Washington, I think makes a lot of sense for a good quarterback because uh, I think they could compete right away. That division's not very good. And really, if if Rodgers stays in Green Bay, it's the Rams and the Packers. And then who else? You know what I mean? Like if Washington can get a quarterback, look at them. Uh, Sam Fran, they're, they're a strong team. They're a strong physical team. So... There's, a, there's some options there, but the AFC is a lot more loaded than the NFC, so kind of got on a tangent there. You guys get it. San Francisco 49ers, uh, there are some growing thoughts that the 49ers could hold on to Jimmy Garoppolo, and that's surprising news to me because it doesn't make a lot of sense. Why would you? Um, you're 100% admitting that you blew those three first-round picks to move up to get Trey Lance if you decide to keep Jimmy Garoppolo for another year. There's also rumors about Tom Brady coming to the 49ers. It sounds like Bruce Arias is trying to squash that real hard right now, but it's something that you got to consider a little bit because if Tom Brady is out there, Tom Brady, Brady, comma, Tom, if he's out here saying, I want to play again, I don't want it to be for Bruce Arians and the Bucks. That's going to happen. Like they're they're going to get strong armed into letting him play somewhere else. And Bruce Arians can say what he wants. He can say all this stuff about if he if he comes back, he's playing for the Bucks. He can say that if he wants to, but he will look like the evil guy. He will be the bad guy if he's like, no, I'm not gonna let you go do what you want, Tom. It just doesn't work that way. It's Tom freaking Brady. Like, we all hate him and stuff like that. He he ruined the Rams' lives forever. Uh, <laughs> but the, the the fact is he's Tom Brady. He's like the 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 NFL poster boy, you know what I mean? Like he is the NFL. And if if he decides he wants to go play for the 49ers, I think it will happen. So I'm not one hundred percent sold that he does not play for the 49ers this year. I'm not I'm not saying that that's like a thing that's going to happen, but I'm not I'm not out on it yet. I'm not sitting here saying like nah, Tom ain't going to San Fran. I think it's absolutely possible. Absolutely possible. Um, Tom Brady has never beat the Rams as not a Patriot, so that's kind of cool. But uh, loading up with that team, I think that would be a really interesting situation, working with Kyle Shanahan too. Hey, I mean, we'll kind of keep uh, keep our eyeballs open on uh, on what happens there. So it's going to be some good stuff, though. Uh, this offseason, I'm, I'm expecting some shakes, some moving and some shaking. I'm expecting it all. Should be some uh, some good stuff that we get out of this offseason, though. Don't move, guys. We'll take a quick break here. And on the other side, we got our 2021 
L.A. Rams Awards. Domo. Welcome back into Rams Showcase. I am your host, Sheriff Joe Bags, laying down the law, laying down some awards for you tonight. Got some good stuff. All right. We have the Los Angeles Rams 2021 season will not be soon forgotten, if ever, by Los Angeles Rams fans. One of the better seasons that we've ever been able to witness. And we're going to keep on continuing to celebrate this season that we had for the Los Angeles Rams in the 2021 year. And ending it with the Super Bowl, with the championship at home, that was unbelievable from front to back. There was just something about this this season that just felt amazing. From going back into preseason, when it was the very first preseason game uh, out at SoFi Stadium, it was against the Chargers, being there and being in that atmosphere uh, right away, you kind of just felt it was like, okay, this is this is fun. Like this is something something cool's here. Obviously, we knew we were a good football team, and you know we had, we had already won a playoff game the previous season over the Seattle Seahawks. And then so we, we make a quarterback move and stuff like that. So the excitement's there. Matthew Stafford's in the building, but uh, we're seeing a lot of the backup quarterbacks. We saw Hodges in that one, and then we saw Perkins in that one as well. But it was just something about being there with all those Rams fans. It just kind of felt, it was like, okay, this is right. You know, this is, this is something good. Then you move into week one. And Matthew Stafford's very first pass is a deep ball to Van Jefferson with a touchdown. And and right away, it was like, this is something. Like, this this year, like, it just felt right there. It was like, this is going to be a fun year. I remember watching that with all my friends, all the homies out here in Colorado Springs. And I remember just kind of having that, that, like, okay, this is going to be good. This is going to be a fun one. And... I remember feeling that in 2018 as well, um, but this this one here, like that that deep ball, Van Jefferson catches it, falls down, does not touch, gets up, goes in and scores, and it was like, okay, this is going to be fun. And then, of course, the season goes on, and you're going to have those ups and downs. Uh, throughout November, didn't win a game, and then ever since then, uh, starting December and on, only lost one, and that was an overtime Week 18 game against the 49ers, but being uh, able to go out to SoFi again against the Jaguars, that was the game that really kicked off the that whole stretch uh, and the, and getting rid of that losing streak that the Rams were on. Uh, you know, you see Jalen Ramsey recovering a fumble early. Cooper Cup goes off again. I mean, that's Cooper Cup. Uh, Matthew Stafford to Cooper Cup in the fourth. Like, I'm going to put that on a T-shirt, I think. I think that's going to be one of my quotes. I'll, I'll play with that a little bit of uh, uh, Stafford hits Cup in the fourth quarter. Because that, I mean, what game are you talking about? All of them, essentially. So uh, the way that this whole season unfolded, and then you got like the the losing streak with the 49ers losing six straight times to them. Uh, they, they beat you in your own house to make it to the playoffs and in week 18 in overtime. And it was just one of those who was like, oh my gosh, you got to be kidding me. And then you, go, you start the playoffs against a team in the Arizona Cardinals that held first place for most of the season. And you beat them not only like a little bit, you kind of beat them up a little bit. And then you go into, you go on the road to play at Tom Brady. And that's always uh, in the playoffs playing Tom Brady at his house. That's always a tough task. And the Rams pulled it off with some of the most clutch fourth quarter plays I've ever seen this from this team. And then you play against the 49ers, a team that had beaten you six straight times to go to the Super Bowl. You play a team that is beaten, beat, <laughs> beaten you Six straight times, and I talked about it a lot that, you know, from the Rams' perspective, that was the only team. Your biggest rival, your interstate 
interdivision rival, the biggest one you have ever had, is the only team standing in your way from playing a Super Bowl at home. But on the other side of that, you are now the only team standing in the way of your biggest division rival, your interstate rival, from playing a Super Bowl at your house. And the Rams pull it off. 17-20. to 20. I watched it again this morning. <laughs> but and, and then, of course, you get the Super Bowl win at home. Unbelievable. The atmosphere is incredible. We have the best uniforms in, in the NFL that we got to watch against one of the better uniforms also in the NFL, those black Bengals uniforms. Unbelievable from front to back from the Bears game in week one at SoFi Stadium to the Super Bowl against the Bengals in Super Bowl at SoFi Stadium. Everything in between. It was so much fun. So let's let's give out some awards here. We're going to start with a rookie of the year, and we are only doing a defensive rookie of the year. We are not going with an offensive rookie of the year because, well, there's not any really one deserving of it. And uh, that's not to take a shot at anybody. Uh, Tutu Atwell, who I think underperformed while he was playing and then did get hurt. And then Ben Skoranek, I think, just had too many drops. Uh, He would win Offensive Player of the Year by default, but I just don't feel right, you know? I just don't think he, he, like... He did anything too spectacular to be like, all right, this is this guy's it, you know. So we're only going to the defensive rookie of the year, and this one's also a little bit by default, but we are giving that one to linebacker Ernest Jones, who started green dotting for the Los Angeles Rams and figures to be a pretty important piece of this defense as we move forward into the next couple of years. So we know Ernest Jones. Uh, we, we've seen him this year. We've seen what kind of impact he can have. And I personally want to see him paired up with Traven Howard at the inside linebacker spot. But Ernest Jones, defense rookie of the year for the Los Angeles Rams, and what figures to be a pretty big contributor as we move forward. Regular season play of the year. And this one here was was a difficult one because there was so many cool things that happened this year that it was hard to pick. But I'm giving this one to that week one pass. Matthew Stafford's first touchdown pass as a member of the Los Angeles Rams. Van Jefferson on the reception, catches it at about the 12, falls down, not touched, gets up and scores. Rams take the lead over the Chicago Bears and never looked back on that game. And it's that was just that was one of those moments. He did the play action rollout to the left. You see him heave it deep, and I've we're all in the garage. We're all sitting there. I threw my hands up right away on that one, and you know, and that's that was one of the, that was that was the play where it kind of felt like it was like okay, this is going to be something good. This is going to be special. Playoff play of the year. This one was, again, so difficult to pick. There was so many to choose from. Uh, Cooper Cup did so many amazing things. Aaron Donald did some absolutely incredible things. Aaron Donald, he basically sealed out the NFC Championship game and the Super Bowl. So, so hard to, to pick any of these plays. But none of those plays even happen if Matthew Stafford doesn't hit Cooper Cup on that deep ball in the divisional round against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to set up the field goal from Matt Gay to move on to the NFC Championship game. That was absolutely just an unbelievable moment. And Cooper Cup was talking about it, and he as, it's so interesting to know that he was, as he's running that route, he was on a clear-out route, and as he's running it, he thinks it's a two-deep and then a zero coverage, and he got confused, but he just kept running his route, and then the ball comes, and he, he gets it, and first down, we're right there. He is fired up. It's good stuff, you know, but that that play there, 
I mean, if that doesn't happen, we're not in the NFC Championship game, maybe. I mean, it was a tie game at the time. Uh, but then we're, we also may not get, go to the Super Bowl. So that that play there, I'm giving that one the, 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 the playoff play of the year because I, I just don't – if that doesn't happen, I just don't think that any of this happens. You know what I mean? I think that that was like a catalyst for a lot of cool things that happened. And it was at that moment that I was like, we're going to win this, aren't we? Like – was like the Super Bowl. Like we're gonna we're gonna do this. Like this team wants it. And Matthew Stafford, he's on fire. You know, like that's kind of when it felt like it was like, no, we we can do it. We are the best team. We got this. It's kind of how I felt at least. Let's go to the Unsung Hero Award, and this was a, a, a tough one because there was a lot of players that kind of stepped in in situations throughout the season that I think are worthy of being the unsung hero. Guys that we didn't necessarily put a lot of of faith in, I guess, uh, a lot of conversation into, but absolutely performed in a way that got the Rams to get to a Super Bowl and ultimately win it. And I'm going to basically go with a lot of names on the defensive line that are not Aaron Donald because he is a very sung hero. He is a, <laughs> we talk about that dude quite a bit. So he's, I wouldn't say he's unsung in the least, but I'm going to give this one to Sean Robinson, Greg Gaines, and Sebastian Joseph Day. They all played absolutely incredible this season. And Greg Gaines, and, I mean, Sean Robinson, great game, Sebastian Joseph Day, that, that alone is a strong defensive line. And then you throw in Aaron freaking Donald on top of it, that is bananas. So these guys here are are such huge contributors outside of Aaron Donald that it makes Aaron Donald even better. And the, the way that they were able to kind of fill in those gaps, we lose Michael Brockers, and the way that these guys filled in for that role specifically – I think they did an unbelievable job, and I don't think they got nearly enough credit this year. So they're my unsung heroes on the year. I couldn't pick just one. I had to go with all of them. I'm going to go with bench hero here, and this one here is just some guys who came off the bench a little bit different than the unsung heroes because unsung heroes can be starters uh, that we maybe just don't talk about enough. But my bench heroes here are guys who were not starters and came in off the bench with, like due to injury and not only did we not skip a beat, but they performed really well. And a lot of these these names are here are going to be from the postseason. And that is safety, Nick Scott, tight ends, Kendall Blanton, and Bryson Hopkins. These guys here, they, they fill in for injured players, who superstar injured players. I mean, Tyler Higbee is a monster. Jordan Fuller is a monster. Taylor Rapp is a safety <laughs> so, so Nick Scott coming in and, and being able to, to handle that and not only handle it, but play really, really well. Um, I, I, I got to give him my, my bench hero and then Kendall Blanton, as well as Bryson Hopkins. I mean, these guys off the bench, most people don't even know their names and they see these guys running routes and they're like, who the heck are these guys? But we didn't skip a beat. These guys look like Tyler Higby out there. It was amazing, which I don't know if that's a bad thing on Tyler Higby or just a good thing for Blanton and Hopkins. Uh, but either way, these guys played awesome in, in place of, of those guys. So I uh, love to see it. Absolutely love to see it. Leadership Award. Two people here, offense and defense, that I think just brought so much to the locker room and the sideline and the huddle for the Los Angeles Rams this year. First one here, offensive is going to be the left tackle, Andrew Whitworth. And then defense, I'm going linebacker, Von Miller. Andrew Whitworth, we know what he does. He won the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. That guy is absolutely unbelievable. Amazing human, amazing player. Would love to see him back. But I don't know how your story gets better than retiring after beating your former team in the Super Bowl. We talked about that. Von Miller comes in uh, midseason via trade to the Los Angeles Rams right after the Rams send Kenny Young to Denver. And then... 
Von Miller comes in, and in turn, his leadership is so strong that he ends up making Aaron Donald a better leader in his process. And that's absolutely incredible. So Von Miller, Andrew Whitworth, absolutely, they are 100% the strongest leaders that I think we have right now. I mean, Aaron Donald is is absolutely there. Matthew Stafford, absolutely there. Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, these guys are on that list. But I think without Andrew Whitworth, without Von Miller, there is a hole. There is a hole there that you need to fill with somebody else, and uh, they they get my leadership award, the Clutchness Award, Clutchosity. Um, this is this one's going to a player here that just uh, just it, when we needed him to perform well, that's exactly what he did, and that is of course quarterback Matthew Stafford. He had one pick in overtime and fourth quarter this year, and that was in in the, in overtime, and that was week 18 against the San Francisco 49ers, and he got hit as he threw it. No interceptions in the fourth quarter this season. He was unbelievable. The way that he was able to kind of control himself in the fourth quarter and just whatever the, the, the game had looked like, whether he was throwing pick sixes or spinning out of sacks and throwing picks against the Titans on Sunday Night Football, Monday Night Football, I think, um, whatever it was. But when, whenever like those things happen, and in the fourth quarter, the, I don't think there was anybody in the NFL this year that I would rather have in the fourth quarter than Matthew Stafford. And there's some very good quarterbacks in the league right now. Matthew Stafford, though, the more I think about it, and the more games that I rewatch, the more I go back on this season, the more I'm rethinking one of my questions was, was, is Matthew Stafford a top-five quarterback? And I said, no. I'm starting to rethink that because I want you guys to help me out here. Name five quarterbacks that are better today than Matthew Stafford. I'll give you a couple. I mean, I'll absolutely, I'm not going to argue Josh Allen. I'm not going to argue Patrick Mahomes. I will argue Russell Wilson. I will argue Justin Herbert. I will argue Aaron Rodgers. Those guys are ones that I will absolutely argue against you with. Justin Herbert, he's not, he's, he's still not like leading his team to dubs on his own. He's not willing the Chargers to wins. Russell Wilson went seven and 10 this year. And he just kind of like, he's, he's, he's not the same Russell Wilson. Matthew Stafford is clutch. Aaron Rodgers crumbled in the playoffs. He looked awful in that game. He looked awful in week one. He started and ended the season looking super pedestrian. So I would argue those ones. I'll give you Mahomes, more talented for sure. I will give you Josh Allen. Other than that, I'll argue. I will absolutely argue. I'll say that some of these guys might have more raw talent than than Matthew Stafford does, but there's an argument to be made that Matthew Stafford's absolutely top five quarterback. And so I'm changing the answer to that question that came in like weeks ago. <laughs> Let's see here. Defensive player of the year. I don't think that this is uh, jarring or surprising to anybody. I'm giving this one to Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald was the reason the Rams won the NFC Championship game. Aaron Donald was the reason the Rams won the Super Bowl. If Aaron Donald is not on Joe Burrow in the Super Bowl, Chase Young, not Chase Young, Jamar Chase, there we go, is wide open down the right sideline. Maybe the Rams don't win that game if Aaron Donald's not on Joe Burrow at that exact moment. If he's not on Jimmy Garoppolo, maybe that pick doesn't happen. It was a bad, weird little side throw and ended up getting intercepted. Maybe that doesn't happen. Aaron Donald, absolutely defensive player of the year every year. No one's won it since Aaron Donald's arrived, in fairness. So, <laughs> offensive player of the year, I'm giving this one to Matthew Stafford as well. I think that the impact he had on the Rams offense is incalculable. 
It's it's hard to put into words the difference that he made from just a leadership standpoint. When he's in the huddle and that leg sticking all the way out there, there's just a vibe to it, man. There's a vibe to it, and something feels good about it. Matthew Stafford, the way that he impacted this Rams offense, the combination of Stafford and Cup and McVay, that trio is deadly. Deadly trio. Coach of the year, easy one, that's Sean McVay. I could have gone other people here. I thought there was some very, very strong coaching uh, Yarbs was in the conversation. Brown was in the conversation. Um, I, I, there's a lot. I mean, Henderson definitely in the conversation as well. There's a lot of position guys that were in that in that talk. Um, can't really give it to KOC. He wasn't calling plays. You guys know if you watched me regularly. Uh, my opinions on Raheem Morris. I think in the playoff run he did unbelievable. Regular season, I thought he was soft. Um, wasn't a fan of that. But in the playoffs he seemed to kind of turn something else on. He turned a different switch on, which was good to see. But Sean McVay, coach of the year, absolutely. He comes in, he inherited a team that was 4-12 and before he got here, and he's made the playoffs four out of five seasons, two out of five seasons has won the, won the, gone to the Super Bowl, and one out of five seasons, 20% of the time, he wins the Super Bowl. So 80% of the time, he makes the playoffs, 40% of the time he makes the Super Bowl, and 20% of the time he wins it. I will take those odds all day, every day. Don't argue with me. Don't argue with me. And your LA Rams MVP, most valuable player, wide receiver, Cooper Cup. Quite possibly the best season for a wide receiver the NFL has ever seen. And that's amazing. That's absolutely unbelievable. If you look from week one to the end of the season Super Bowl, you look at that. Nobody has more receptions. Nobody has more yards. The way that he had the the way that he performed this year, that is, I mean, something that we've never seen. We've never seen a wide receiver every season like this. And I've talked about it in the past of his injuries. And this is what happens when he's healthy. Which is great. I mean, I'm not going to bank on injury. I'm not going to say, well, he made it through one season healthy, so he'll probably get hurt next year. I'm not going to do that because that's ridiculous. Injuries are hard to predict. They're impossible to predict. I, I can't. We can't bank on an injury happening. You can't bank on an injury not happening. Injuries happen. It's a violent sport. But Cooper Cup made it all the way through this season, and we now know exactly what everybody else in that, in that locker room, in that, that front office, what they've seen. He is unreal. Cooper Cup is... Potentially the best wide receiver in Rams history. He had the best season, potentially, for an NFL wide receiver of all time. It's hard to argue with any of this stuff. We'll update all the record books for you guys. We're doing that next week. Um, and and I, it's he's, he keeps crawling up, man. Keeps crawling up. Stafford's already up there. It's good stuff. Good stuff. Those are your awards. One quick run over. Defensive Rookie of the Year is going to be Ernest Jones. Your play of the year, Stafford to Jefferson week one. Uh, playoff play of the year is going to be that deep ball to Cooper Cup in uh, in the divisional round. And then you also have, I'm going to, my phone is not loading, so we're going to go to this one. You also have unsung hero, Robinson, Gaines, and Spash Joseph Day on that defensive line. Your bench heroes, Nick Scott, Kendall Blanton, and Bryson Hopkins. Your leaders, 
Andrew Whitworth and Vaughn Miller, clutchosity, clutchness, is going to go to quarterback Matthew Stafford. Your defensive player of the year, Aaron Donald. Offensive player of the year is Matthew Stafford. Coach of the year, Sean McVay. And your L.A. Rams 2021 MVP is none other than wide receiver Cooper Cup. There you have it. Those are your awards. 2021 season was unbelievable for the L.A. Rams. We're going to take one quick break here on the other side. We got fan quesos. Got some solid ones here. Don't move. What's up, Rams fans? Let's get into our fan quesos here. This is brought to you by Shaw's Customs, which is, uh, uh, there will be a link in the description below, so that's some amazing stuff for you guys there. Um, uh, leave those leave those quesos on the Rams Showcase Facebook page. Uh, Adrian has done an awesome job of actually getting those questions to you guys, so that, or the, the post to you guys, so that you guys can actually see what is... Um, you guys can actually leave the, the questions. Sorry, I'm just trying to pull up the questions here. Should have done that before. I'm real good at this. I'm a pro. And, um, yeah, and then also I post on the Ram Showcase YouTube channel in the community section as well, so you guys can also follow right there and and ask those questions to me, and we'll get those answered for you on the next episode. All right, let's see here. This one's going to come from Pete. I noticed in a game when OBJ caught a big first down pass, he started to do the feed me thing, but stopped himself. Do you see OBJ continuing to hold back on those antics and be a team first guy? That's kind of interesting. Yeah, um, there's been a few times where he's kind of gotten up and he like obnoxiously was like, ah, first down. But then like you kind of see him and he's like, ah, first down. And then like goes back to the huddle, <laughs> you know, he, like I feel like he's he's starting to understand of like, oh, OK, like I. I got to fit in a little bit here, and that's not who the Rams are. The Rams are not that obnoxious, you know, crew who overly celebrates. I mean, you have you have Cooper Cup scoring touchdowns in, in the playoffs and just getting up and running to the sideline, you know, like that kind of stuff. Uh, you got to fit into that, and I think he does. I think he's starting to, for sure. So yeah, it's kind of interesting you bring that up because um, I think I remember that. It was regular season. And I think he like did like a couple quick ones and then stopped. But he's he's also he's a celebrator, you know, and whatever. I celebrate, you know, it's I mean you're doing something that's extremely difficult that not a lot of humans can do. So yeah, live it you live your life, man, and have a good time with it. It's ultimately a game. So have fun with it. If for them it's a game, they're having a it's they're playing a game, and for us it's entertainment. So uh, I think it's I think there's a place for it. But I also don't mind the Larry Fitzgerald Cooper Cup mentality to it of uh they want to win you know Aaron Donald in the gym the day after the parade you know stuff like that like that's you don't get that with every player you don't it's good stuff though next one here from Pete is last year's injury the reason Terrell Burgess hasn't played much this last season do you think he will have a bigger impact this next year you know what, man? I uh, probably I would say that that's that's likely because I like Burgess a lot. And once you know, Rap was going down and we had Fuller injuries so like that. I was really hoping to see a lot more Burgess. I'm not mad that Nick Scott got those reps, but I did expect to see more Burgess. So I don't know. Kind of feels like I like Burgess still. I would not want to see him go anywhere, but it almost kind of feels like he's in a very crowded group right now, and it might be the best for his personal career if he did go somewhere else, which I wouldn't necessarily want to see. But if, I mean, if Taylor Rapp's going to stick around, then, uh, which I don't necessarily, I'm not in love with that idea. Um, the Rams do save $2.5 million to get rid of them, but we'll deal with cap stuff, I guess, eventually. Uh, but, uh, like, if Jordan Fuller, Nick Scott, 
uh, and t- Taylor Rapper's still around, how much is Burgess really going to get in there? You know, so it's something to consider. But I would like to see him stick around. But I also would like to see him perform. You know, and if he's not out there actually doing stuff, what are we doing? Like, just let, let him go play. You know what I mean? That's kind of how I feel about it. This one here comes from Clarence. Do you see the Rams being able to sign OBJ and Miller? I think I get this question every single week, and my opinions are not going to change on this right now. I, like, until other information comes out, I'm not going to shift from the fact that I do think that this happens. I think that they both are back. If one of them is not back, I think that's Von Miller, but ultimately I do think that we bring them both. Uh, this one comes from McVeigh's hair gel. Assuming that Darius Williams is leaving this offseason, what do we do regarding our CBs? Uh, you know what? I, I think that this is something that the Rams would attempt to address via free agency. I think that that's exactly where uh, where we would see this team kind of kind of shoot for. And I don't know. I don't have like names for you guys right now or anything, but because I am still kind of just waiting to see who we bring back and what we do uh, for ourselves. But it's um, I think that 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 would be the course there because I'm not sure if David Long Jr. and or Guys, somebody like Dante Dion are are ready to be in that role uh, as far as an outside starter full time opposite of Jalen Ramsey. That's a big position, and Darius Williams underperformed, so I don't anticipate him coming back. If he does, I would just hope that he performed better. Obviously, but uh, that's an obvious statement. But it's, I, I think that the Rams would try to make a move there, and I think that that would come in free agency. Next one here is coming from Pete again. You said you are more of a Tex-Mex type guy. Did you try some good, fresh Baja-style food when you were in L.A.? Uh, you know what, man? Unfortunately, no. We were so boring in L.A., and uh, we were just kind of ordering out some stuff. Uh, nothing too nuts at all. I think we were like big chains and stuff like that. But I will be back in L.A. a couple times this year. So if you got recommendations, dude, drop them, man, because I absolutely um, I I love that stuff. And Yeah, uh, Tex-Mex is is good you know what i mean like it's i i'm all over the place uh my main is italian food i love italian food but i love like a sick pasta you know what i mean or spaghettios <laughs> but uh yeah man I, if you have suggestions of where i need to eat when i go to los angeles next this next year let me know drop them for sure because i'll check them out i want to do that i want to plan a little bit better this next year because i did not do that good of a job this last time it happens, and I just I got there though. We had a game. We went to the game. We had a great time. But I want to get better at planning, so I'll do that. And yeah, let me know where I need to stop, man, for sure. Uh, let's see here. Let's head over to the YouTube channel. I am definitely blowing off your question. If uh, you're if you're watching this, wondering why I'm not answering your question, you know exactly what I'm doing. I'm not gonna answer that. <laughs> And nobody else knows what I'm talking about, which is good. This is a family show, man. (laughs) Rams fans of all ages are watching, and we don't need to talk about the 49ers. This one comes from John. Do you think we lose one of our top running backs this offseason? If yes, who do you think stays and who goes? I suspect I am in the minority, but I think we should consider keeping Michelle over Henderson. Michelle offers more power, a more powerful running style to complement Akers. Also, Michelle seems durable and less prone to injury. I mean, I'm with you. I'm absolutely with you there. I think that if if I had to make a decision of the three, like you laid out three those three in front of me, I had Cam Akers, Sony Michelle, and Daryl Henderson, and I had to pick two to stay, 
It's Akers and Michelle. It's not that I don't like Henderson. I just think he's a good RB2. That's it. And when he's required to be an RB1, I don't know what it is, but he just doesn't have that same fire. Like, I guess, like, limited reps, I think, benefit him in a weird way, if that makes sense. So, I don't know. I'm I'm with you, though. And I do th- I do think that it's very possible that Henderson's not a Ram next year. I'll say that. I, I don't have, like, inside information. I'm not, like, tweeting or getting texts from Stan Kroenke or Les Snead, but, like, it's just a feeling. I just don't, I don't, I don't think he'll be here. There's turnover. It happens. A lot of guys that we want back will not be back. That's just the way it goes. Uh, this one comes from Luis. A vital player is a player that if he is out on a game, the team will lose. Using this definition, do you think Tyler Higby should stay next season and why? Using that definition, I have to say no. If I'm, if you paint me into the box that I have to use that specific definition, then no. Because Kendall Blanton, as well as Bryson Hopkins, we didn't really see a drop-off of production when those guys came in. So you cannot say by that definition, by your wording here, you cannot say that Tyler Higby is a vital player. I do want Tyler Higby back because I think Tyler Higby is a lot better than he gets credit for. But... I do think that if if uh, money comes into to play here and the Rams are looking to relieve some money, I think that Tyler Higby could be a name that the Rams do look at based on the production that we did see out of Hopkins as well as um, Blanton. So, based on your definition, no. I, I can't say that he is uh, a vital player because the Rams were winning without Tyler Higby. But based on my own opinions about Tyler Higby, I do want to see him back because I think he's underrated. I think he's a very talented player. And I still, I guess I keep it in my head, those catches that he had in the NFC Championship game in 2018 against the Saints. I guess those I, those are sticking with me. And whether that's to a fault or not, I mean, those are in my head. And I know what he's capable of based on that. You know what I mean? So uh, there's that's same thing with like a, with like a Jared Goff is like, it's like, but he can be that guy. You know what I mean? Like, we had that before. It's like, he can make those throws. He can make that. And and so it's hard for me. But I'm not going to compare Higby and Goff because I think Higby's just a better football player. But that's, based on your definition, no. My own opinions, yes. I, I do want him back. This one comes from John again. Uh, Travis Rogers from Locked On Rams podcast said Robert Woods is not expected to be ready to play until midseason next year, and OBJ is not expected to be ready until late season. Does Les Snead need to bring in another high-caliber receiver? That's really interesting. Um, Travis Rogers say uh, making these comments because, A, what is he basing this off of? I would be very curious, again, to hear this. Uh, based like you, you, you mentioned something last week that I was like, I'd like to hear the context of that again. I'd like to hear the context of this one because the Robert Woods injury did happen early enough where he could absolutely be ready week one. That's not guaranteed that he's out. Uh, and OBJ, I mean, the conversation's already November for him, which is mid season. That's not necessarily late or anything like that. Like that's like I, I consider late season is when we're getting into December um, myself, but that's kind of interesting that that he's he's pretty much locking these guys into to certain timetables. 
when we have not hit training camp yet, which is where we're really going to get that information. In July, we'll have a lot better, a lot clearer understanding of when these guys will return and how they're feeling and how those injuries are actually, how those surgeries are healing up. But to say that Robert Woods will not be available week one, I think is... is um, an unwarranted comment because we don't actually know that his injury did happen early enough that he could absolutely be ready for week one. And then, like I said, for OBJ, you look at about six to nine months for a torn ACL and that would put, I mean, we're like, he tore it in February, obviously mid mid February. So that puts you looking at November. I, I, I think it's possible, man. Like, cause even if you want to look at six months, we could be looking at like October that like September to October range for a return for OBJ. So I don't know what he's necessarily, what information he maybe has that I don't. Uh, but I, I would say that those comments are unwarranted at this point in time because it's only March right now and we don't know the process of their healing and what it will be here in a couple of months because everybody's different. Everybody's injuries are different. Everybody heals different speeds. So let's wait. I, I would say let's let's hold off as far as timelines go on these guys. But as far as also, will we bring in other people? I mean, I think that, that having Cooper Cup, Van Jefferson, and then guys as as our depth being like Atwell and uh and Skoranek, I think that we would be comfortable enough moving into the regular season with those guys knowing if we don't have Woods, we don't have OBJ at you know at certain points, then I, I think that we would be comfortable enough going into the season with those guys knowing that those those other gentlemen will return to the roster a little bit later. Like how we saw OBJ came in late this year. I mean, we, we didn't have him in week one or anything like that. And the way that he came in and, and made our offense better immediately, I think was huge. And then Robert Woods, we know what he can do. We know what he's capable of. So when he comes back in, if he's not able to go in week one, when he comes back in, that's going to be a massive boost. And you can kind of eat it in a sense for the first, you know, whatever, how, however many weeks it happens to be, first four or five weeks of missing two of your top guys, knowing that they're going to come back and that you're going to be able to, your production is going to increase dramatically on the back end of that. So I think that those are all things to be considered. But uh, to Mr. Rogers over at the Locked on Rams podcast, I, I think that these comments are unwarranted. I think that these comments are too soon. I don't think that we have enough information yet to say OBJ is not going to be ready till late season. Robert Woods is not going to be ready until midseason. I don't. I just don't buy into that yet. Uh, we don't know. We don't have that information yet. So I would say um, anybody on timelines, even myself, just to take it with a grain of salt because we don't actually know. We didn't think Cam Akers was going to return at all this season, and then ended up. Um, he fell short of being. He was the second leading rusher in all the playoffs, um, behind just Joe Mixon. So. I mean, there's a lot of different things that go into it, like I said, but to say that they're not going to be ready week one, at least Woods not being ready week one, I don't anticipate OBJ ready, but to say Robert Woods is definitely just not out and he's going to miss the first half of the season, I think that's completely unwarranted at this time. Next one here from John. If Big Wit retires, do you think Les Snead will seek a proven veteran offensive lineman through a trade or in free agency? You know what? I'm not sure. And I'm still, I like I talked about all last offseason, <laughs> I sat here like every single week and said, I don't think this offensive line is nearly as bad as everybody else thinks it is. And I'm going to say that this year, with or without wit. I think that this offensive line is solid. We've got backups who are starting caliber. No boom can absolutely start at left tackle if he needs to. Um, we have 
Coleman Shelton, who I think is an incredible interior offensive lineman. Tremaine Ingram is sticking around for a reason. There's something that they see in him. There's a reason he's still on the active roster, not being a practice squad guy. So I think there's depth here. I think the the, the Rams offensive line is solid uh, with or without wit. So I don't know if I would necessarily say that the Rams are going to go out and make any big moves. I would say that this is a deep draft for offensive line. Um, so I, I would say that we'll probably start note boom but draft a tackle and then kind of see after this season where they kind of stack up. And then, cause then we'll, we would be in a contract situation with note boom, whether to let him take off or if we want to bring him back in. So that would be a good situation to have a guy sit on the bench this year under boom and, and kind of compare them throughout the season, throughout practice and all that stuff and see next year, what move you want to make. But note boom is actually absolutely good enough to be a starter starter at that left tackle spot. So I do anticipate that that's what happens. If I had to guess today, uh, which is way, way too early, what the Rams offensive line would look like, I would say from left to right, that's going to be note boom. Then I'm going to say David Edwards center. I would go Austin or um, Coleman Shelton. Then right guard, I'd go Austin Corbett. And then right tackle, I would go Rob Havenstein. That's just my guess in March, which is ultimately meaningless. But I don't know if the Rams go with a big, big name uh, at the left tackle spot if Witt does end up uh, calling it a career. Last one here is from Luis. I want to hear your bold predictions on the next big trade the Rams will do. It's almost certain that we have at least one per season. Ooh, man, I was not ready for this one. Um, I almost want to say a tight end, but I also don't think that that's real. Man, I don't know. I mean, you're right. It does like it does feel like that's something that's always going to happen. Like we're always on the brink of a big trade, and it's usually trades that don't necessarily like it's. A, it's like we didn't even need that position. What are we doing out here? This is awesome, you know. Like maybe something happens with um with Washington. I mean, they're calling everybody for a quarterback. What if we want to send the wolf out there? Ow. And uh maybe take some something from them, you know. I'm not sure what they would be willing to give up for the wolf, but I mean we got one still, right? In like the thirties or something. The twenty thirties, I mean, not like the th- well, also the thirties as far as picks go, because we drafted thirty two this year. If we would have been drafting, we would have been thirty two. Yeah. It's good stuff. I don't actually have an answer for you, man. I should have read this before. I did not. So I have zero answers for you. But uh, yeah, I anticipate moves. I don't think the Rams are just like, all right, keep everybody. Let's do the same exact thing, which would be awesome. But it's just not the way the world works. According to Bo Burnham, you know. That's going to do it for our fan quesos. Thank you guys so much for dropping those. I do genuinely appreciate you guys. We have a post every single week where you can drop those. You can also message me. Those ones... Not as reliable. I'll be honest with you guys. I'll be fully full disclosure. Those ones are not as reliable. Sometimes it's best to just wait for the post uh, and get those in. But I do appreciate the the fan quesos. And next week we will dig into uh, some more uh, some more stuff from this previous season, which will be fun. We're gonna keep that going probably until like July. We'll keep that going, which is gonna be fun. Uh, just kind of keep it keep the looking back, man. This season was absolutely unbelievable. So gotta gotta keep living it. Gotta keep celebrating that. Absolutely. Um, but uh, yeah, make sure you guys follow Ram Showcase on all your favorite social media. That would be at Ram Showcase on Instagram and Twitter, Facebook.com slash Ram Showcase. You can follow myself as well at Sheriff Joe Bags on Instagram and Twitter, Facebook.com slash Sheriff Joe Bags. My Sheriff Joe Bags 
stuff is shifting a little bit more away from just being Rams content as the Sheriff Joe Bags brand is now branching out uh, as far as like local radio station here, stuff like that. So we're kind of getting that branched out just a touch. But, uh, yeah, we'll still get some good Ram stuff for you guys. I am still Sheriff Joe Baggs of hosting the Ram Showcase. Uh, that will always be a thing. So we got that going for us. But it's gonna be some good stuff. But do genuinely appreciate you guys. We also have a Ram Showcase TikTok. You guys are TikTokers. Is that what they call it then? I don't actually know. I'm very bad at it. But I'm trying to get better, guys. I'm trying to be, I'm try, I'm, I'm trying to be hip, which I realize saying that sentence means that I am definitely not but it happens. <laughs> well, that's going to do it for me. I am Sheriff Joe Bags. This has been Ram Showcase on Sports Bowl Radio and the Fan Side of Network. For those of you who aren't Rams fans, our thoughts and prayers are with you. For those of you who are Rams fans, thank you guys so much for listening, and you guys have a great night. Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.